welcome to Cena Nerd Podcast. We are back. The hiatus is over and all of our favorite heroes are back in action, catching the bad guys. And we're here to theory spiral about it all because we think that we know what is going on. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with us, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. Will, we're back. We're, we're back. here. Yes. Great week to be a geek. It's been awesome to get all our shows back and also even throw some new ones into the mix with the gifted yes. and um yeah it's it was it was a, a a very overall a very good week of arrowverse shows i freely admit i have not watched legends yet i'll just go ahead and put that out there but of the three that i did watch uh definitely was a lot of fun and uh i mean the interwebs or or and twitterverse was like very has some very spirited discussion this week, which I'm sure we'll just continue that right here. Yeah, you say spirited, I say a bit competitive. A yeah. bit on the we're all one giant family. Okay, yeah. take a chill pill. This isn't a comp. It's like sibling rivalry. It totally okay? is. It totally is. Now, now I'm my father's favorite. We all know this and we accept that. Arrow is my favorite show. <laughs> we all know this and we accept. Yeah, that. Flash is my favorite, but we can still be critical and still love our shows. <laughs> I don't count Legends as part of the universe. It is fine. It's just like I don't count my little brother as part of. I mean, sorry, Timmy, I love you. Um, so it's just it's just family dynamics, okay? It's, yeah. It's all it's all good. It's all right in the world. And in all honesty, I kind of I kind of feel like the gifted is turning into what legends should be to a degree in terms of the scale of their. Um, scale of their production, as well as the amount of different characters they have in that universe. They're slowly creating on Fox. But more on that later, we also have our favorite guest co-host, who is pretty much a regular these days. Patricia Miller is on the line. Patricia, are you excited to talk Arrowverse with us? Yes, I am. And I watch Legend of Tomorrow and I still like it. <laughs> Guys, yeah. Nobody yeah. wants I'm to talk like... to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patricia, I will make sure to watch. Okay. I will be sure to watch Legends. I actually, I, you know, I don't feel like Sarah wears that. I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just, it's just, it's the you know the redheaded sort of stepchild of of the Arrowverse. Even though Supergirl actually was not originally part of it until they, you know, CBS. And CW decided to do the first crossover with Barry, but I, I, I do like Legends. It's just I just have to remind myself, oh yeah, I gotta watch Legends. And I guess <laughs> uh, you know, but and when I do watch it, I enjoy it. So I will, ha- I will, I will get caught up. So next time we have our Arrowverse discussion, you and I can like talk, and we'll just Sarah can sit back and watch the e popcorn while you and I can talk about it. You know, you know, there's a, like a lot of betrayal happening like i'm just just a lot of a2 will a2 oh come um, on oh no 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 yeah, no you, yeah, just, just, you, you uh, just see how i feel it's just you know it's like when we have you and jackie go talk have your your game of thrones you know fun i just go back and sit and just kind of chill and enjoy the popcorn and, and enjoy the show i'm just saying you can you can take a break and you know enjoy the show it's like when you two talk about mr robot yeah I, just I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> sure, we shall we shall try it. I cannot guarantee I will like it. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's okay. all about control. Control is an illusion, Sarah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That is that is everybody take a drink now. Please, viewers, if you are listening, anytime Will even alludes to Mr. Robot, take a drink, okay? Because he is forced to wait a another week before we can do our deep dive into that show since it also returned um but we're gonna hold back because we got some friends coming we got some some other contributors who love that universe just as much as we are so we're gonna we're gonna hold back and just focus on our heroes this week yes we digress as the producer let's get back on track Digress. But there is seriously a Flash and Mr. Robot connection happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Take, Take, a drink. A drink. <laughs> Take a drink. Take a drink. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's get into this. Um, the Arrowverse kicked off, of course, on Monday with Supergirl return. Season three opens up. Girls get steel, obviously playing um, homage to the Man of Steel movie, which is great because they had similar tones happening in this episode and in the movie as well. And to start things off, guys, they did um, a lot of they did a they bookended this yeah. episode yeah. the same way. And and it was and it was kind of beautiful and clever because I did not expect it. But I like how they started off with that. And it wasn't a flashback because her mom is dead and Monel was there. So it was a dream, more or less, than a flashback. And and Monel is, of course, there and her mom is there. And then that same image appears at the end of the episode, only Rain wakes up and it turned into a nightmare where Kara's mar- mom turned into something else entirely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will, what did you think about that? Well, first off, uh, I did, I, I enjoyed the um, episode itself. It was, uh, I, I didn't watch it on Monday. I, I watched it after watching The Flash return. So I did, you know, freely admit, I did see some of the um, chatter about Kara and how her emotions were, her emotional state after uh, as the season kicked off so I was wasn't surprised by by that um I like the way the the show began though I think you're right on point with with the the the, the montage of Monel and her mother and you know and I guess it really did set the tone as far as that sense of loss I think Kara was feeling uh that kind of permeated throughout the episode and, and why she you know you know, was like Cara Danvers is is nothing to me anymore. I just want to be the best Supergirl. Um, so, so you know, it was it was a good kickoff. Um, and I think you know it, the show looked like it might try to take some take some creative risk this season. Um, I you know. Yeah, I, you know, I think it, I think it was it was a very solid effort to, to to start season three. Yeah, you know, to your point about the grief, I I really like how it was, and I think we've seen this in the other shows before, where suddenly the Flash is more important or being the Arrow is more important than the other identity, mm-hmm. but because this felt refreshing because it was 
from grief and from the idea that that she's an alien like Supergirl really is effective with this idea and this reminder that we're not just dealing with someone with these unimaginable powers and abilities, but someone who's not even from our planet. Mm -hmm. So someone who theoretically doesn't possess humanity and her humanity is from that alter ego that she decides to put on hold because that is a weakness. Right. Right. And, and I thought that was really beautiful how they did that. My my opinion about the episode is more everything with Kara worked. Anything happening outside of Kara in that grief storyline felt a little clumsy for me. It mm. felt a little flat. It felt like just going through the motions and not really making me engaged into potential arcs for later this season. But Patricia, what did you think about the girls' steal? So... I waited until I, this new season started to finish the season, the previous season. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad I did because I was so, like, I don't know if I was just, like, super into the episodes and stuff. And then I was like, I can't handle this mm-hmm. right now. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. handle the end of the season and so I watched the final episode, and then I watched the next one. And so it was nice and fluid for me, being able to take the next step after oh, that. Oh, I'm last sure. Step. Yeah. <laughs> I am and sure. So I'm real happy I waited. But um, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, I really liked how they set it up. I agree with you, Sarah, that the grief part, like everything with Kara worked. And I'm glad that you pointed out the fact that it came from the fact that she's realizing that she's an alien. The other thing, I I guess my question to you guys was, do you guys think that it has like, what does she feel about, you know, Superman Clark in this episode? Mm. He didn't show up in this episode after Kara, you know, beat him. And he was like, you're more, you know, you're (laughs) you. You know, you're more you human strength. Yeah. You yeah. have more strength than I do and all this stuff. And I'm surprised that they didn't bring him or bring that full circle. And I hope they do later. They bring that back and they have more of a discussion about, you know, being human is okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, I really like Alex is one of my favorite characters. And in this episode, she kind of ticked me off with how, like, if if they were, like, if it was real life and stuff, I could understand how she would act and it would feel more real than what was happening on screen, I guess. I felt she was very forced and, huh. I don't know. Hmm. Well, she, I... That, that stood out to me, yeah. Okay, Interesting. So, um, to go back to Superman, that, that point, um, I, I think that with Kara, she kind of took her cue from that conversation on what to do now in light of the decision she made at the, during the season two finale, um, from him in the sense that he, he kind of reaffirmed something for her, this idea that your strength comes from 
um, your identity as Supergirl and not necessarily your identity as Kara because that's where your humanity is. So I feel like he kind of ultimately set up this decision and for her to hide away in Supergirl. Well, I think the reason why they did not bring him back to the episode is that when you have Superman in around the dynamic between Alex and Kara changes mm-hmm. and they wanted to keep the out. They wanted to push that dynamic front and center because Alex is tied to Kara, not while Superman is tied to Supergirl. So, so to have that fully be explored and realized is you're, you're looking at like, I'm glad you watched both back to back because you're seeing both sides of this. It's very similar conversation with two different identities and two different people um, going on and to examine the duality of Supergirl and Cara Danvers, which is very poetic and beautiful. I do believe that we will see Tyler Hecklin appear as Superman for the rest of the series here and there, but they can't use him all the time because that distracts from the main story of Supergirl. Yeah, I was just going to chime in on the Superman uh, faults as well. And I think you both, you know, pretty much covered it pretty well. And, um, I mean, it, you know, anytime, you know, it, it, it harkens back to, I guess, the, the foundation of, of the series from season one, why they didn't have him around. Um, you know, this is Supergirl's story, not, not mm-hmm. Superman's. And, you know, you're both, you're, you're, you're correct in that. Uh, he distracts from it. Just to take it to uh, the conversation to another place, what did you think as far as uh, Kara and, and James's dynamic um, with her, with him now being head of CatCo? Um, because I don't know, I mean, it, given that they were a couple before, that dynamic played into that discussion or their you know, the tension there during that scene uh, where she, you know, basically you know, quits, quits the newspaper. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts uh, about that? I mean, I, I just felt that that scene was, there was some, some sort of undercurrent there uh, of their previous relationship at, at play. I didn't feel like there was any romantic feelings there, there at all. Like uh, to me watching it, not not romantic, but just the history. More point, more to is more my point. Hashtag Team Mono. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know I what you're saying, Will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. Patricia. I think it's just the fact that they've been friends for so long. You know, I I don't think they're dating really played into it. I know that he cares for her in more of like a, a special way because they dated, but I don't think that affected their conversation really. Mm-hmm. Like to me, um, I think that their conversation was really well acted. Um, you know, that would be a real conversation that you would see between someone, a friend that was grieving and a friend on the outside that was like, Hey, you know, life still is going on. Like you need to do your job. You need to 
you know, pull your weight around here. We can't wait around forever. And it brings me back to this uh, season two finale where Kara's standing on the the balcony and she's like, Alex, you know, just go, Alex, be with your girlfriend. Life doesn't just stop because I lost somebody. I can't remember exactly what she said, but yeah. I remember that being really powerful. And it's funny how, like, throughout this entire first episode, Kara almost becomes a robot. And I think she did a really good job at showing what a person would do if they were actually grieving, like they were doing such a good job. Mm -hmm. Everything in that. Because, you know, she would just throw herself into her work and she decided to pick one over the other. She decided to pick Supergirl because her last conversation with Monel was that he was going to try to be the best man that he could be. And her reciprocating was to be Supergirl because Kara was the one that was dating Monel. Hashtag you know. Team Monel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I, I completely, I, I love all of those points, Patricia. That's really good. And to go off of the idea of um, if James was throwing any eyes anywhere, um, I felt I felt like they may have teased just for a moment there a little Lena and James action in that meeting. There was some there was some eye flirting happening. I noticed it. It's all that matters. And um, and now Lena's his boss and he has no problem dating coworkers. So there's that. Yeah. It's all following suit. Um, I also do know just from Comic-Con interviews is that James will have a love interest this season who is not Kara. So now I'm wondering if it's Lena, but because originally I had thought it would be Rain, who the character I'm referring to appears at the end and during the ceremony portion. She has Mm -hmm. a daughter. She is from Krypton. And there is a lot of connection there. And she's going, we're seeing an origin story of a villain happen throughout this season, which I, again, love. And the fact that the villain's a female, great, 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 great things are happening. Um, Edge kind of sucked this this episode, guys. Um, I don't like that character. I don't like that actor. And um, Patricia, you brought up before frustration with Alex. I don't know if it was frustration with Alex that I observed when I was watching more or less the idea that spoil alert, Maggie will either be leaving the show or get killed. And so I'm not sure how much I can invest in a wedding that I know is doomed. So, yeah. Any final thoughts, you guys? No. Um, edge. Which one's Edge? He was the. Go ahead, Will. He was the uh, the uh, developer who was uh, basically the full, you know, oh. yeah, talking to Lena okay. um, throughout the, the, uh, the guy that was going to buy Catco, but then yeah. Lena bought him out. Exactly. Okay. Lena bought him out. Bought him out, and then also he, he was going to develop the the uh, you know he was sort of I think he was behind the uh, the attacks on the on the waterfront there because yep. Yeah. As well, and um, they the douche, the totally, douche. totally, total douche. <laughs> and yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, every time he was on the screen, I just kind of cringed. It's like mm-hmm. I just 
you know, she took the car, you know, Supergirl took him to the boat. I just hope that boat just keeps on going and we never see this guy again. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I forgot to mention, though, guys, is the special effects of that submarine was great. They did I a great surprised. job. I was, too. I have to. Yeah. 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 That was I, I'm really good. Yeah. Really good. Spider-Man can learn from that. Sorry. Yeah. I, I was I was very <laughs> impressed for a TV uh, TV show budget. They they did not they 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 uh, they definitely invested in some in some strong special effects. Mhm. Mhm. My uh, last thought on the episode was I really liked the actress that plays the upcoming villain, the girl that had the flashbacks or the mm-hmm. you know she has the daughter. I yeah. don't know what her name is, but she does Green. a really good job. Yeah. I'm excited to see how she plays in, like, with the dynamics of the other characters on the show. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, so we wrap up National City and we head over to Central City where the Flash is reborn. And Barry is mm-hmm. back halfway through the episode as planned and predicted. Uh, of course. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) No. Let's start with the present Flash apologist in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Flash apologist, yes. Uh, Flash, okay, okay. It is well known. This is, you know, well established that, yes, of the shows, this is my number one. But I have to say, um, I was, I, I, Thoroughly, I enjoyed the episode, but I just felt, while I fully enjoyed it, I just felt like, you nailed it, Sarah, it was predictable. It would have Mm -hmm. been so nice creatively for them to even make it a two-parter or something, just to, you know, one of the frustrating things about the show is the the quick resolution of certain story points where they could like really draw out for good dramatic and creative effect. And I felt like it was a missed opportunity. Um, in, in this, in this season premiere, uh, because there was so much that happened in season three and it, it was clear that the, the, the great, the creative team was just like, we're just going to like, get as fast <laughs> far away from season three, even to the tag throwaway line of, oh yeah, we just shipped Julian back to England. Right, <laughs> right. It was like a complete throwaway line. Like let's just get season three and all the things that we did to just kill the, the positive vibe of the show, you know, out of the way as fast as we can. And yep. so, and, and that's why I felt it was a missed opportunity because Creatively, they could have really taken some steps with all the core characters, including Barry, if they had just like not had such a quick resolution of him coming back. Um, and and so, well, as I said, I thought I enjoyed it. I'm so I'm happy the show's back. Uh, I, obviously, they are trying to get the fun back in the show uh, to the point that uh, sometimes it was like they went they, they stretched too deep. You know, to the extreme of like getting the fun back into the show, I just felt that um, you know, they, they just missed some. They missed some good opportunities to really 
to, to really grow the show. Um, at least, at least out of the gate for season four. So, you know, and, and you know, obviously it's a season premiere. I think, you know, they probably will take some steps, uh, moving forward. Uh, I'll be interested to see like, as Barry and Iris get, cl- you know, get closer to their wedding day and, and how Barry, you know, finds himself with, you know, after, and how he, what changes will occur that that occurred to him while he was in the speed force for the last six months, you know, how that is that going to, to the manifest itself, uh, not only with Iris, but with the rest of the team as well. So hopefully, mm-hmm. I, I hope they do take some, take some risk and, 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 uh, explore those possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Patricia, what about you? Are you on team flash? I am on Team Flash, uh, for sure. I am really sad that they sent Draco away. It's <laughs> uh, his appropriate name. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only name I will ever know him by. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I was, I was a little disappointed as well that they, you know, like, solved it so quickly like oh iris is in trouble and no yeah all of a sudden Barry snaps out of it and he goes and saves her and that's it that's all like i really hope that comes back to bite them in the butt you know like yeah. he goes back into his crazy little cell and starts writing also yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know trisha i you know that moment i was actually pissed off i was okay with the episode up until that point and then and iris even though she willfully like put herself in distress I was like, damn it. I even live tweeted it. I was like, is she like, here we go again, damsel in distress. Yep. I'm like, ah, oh, yep. no. Okay. Yeah, and this house is bitching. What mm-hmm. the hell does it that is. mean? Actually, it means the house is bitching. The house is bitching. Actually, <laughs> I, I actually kind of like that. Sounds like something either Cisco or I know a lot of folks te- are thinking maybe like Bart Allen, who was the fourth Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Barry's like grandson in the future. Um, so what's well, something he might say? Mm-hmm. Oh. Cause that was, yeah, there were anyway. a lot of, yeah. I mean, I guess the funny, the fun thing about the show was all the Easter eggs that were kind of packed when, in there when Barry was, you know, switch cheese. Patricia, did you have anything else to say before Will Sorry. overtakes it again? <laughs> Sorry. It's, no. real, it's really entertaining, though. It is. For somebody who's so disappointed. Yeah, I know. I know. Like I said, I, I'm disappointed. It's okay. It's okay. I just, it's, they're there, Will. They're there. Okay, Patricia. <laughs> the other thing is, is that I'm really happy that Caitlin is back, of course, because she's like one of my favorite characters on there. But I'm also. But is she back? Is she uh, yeah. back, Patricia? That was really weird. What happened there? Please explain it to me. Yeah, me too. I think she figured out a way to fight it a little bit, but I think she's gonna have battles with it. Like she hasn't smoothed everything out. And the person that she's working for, I think, helped her to control it or do something. 
you know, to that effect, like, here, let me help you control it, but now you work for me, and that's why she had that little fight with that stupid guy at the bar that's all grungy and gross, and, um, so I think we're going to see something along those lines come out later in the season, of course. The other thing that I was sort of disappointed was we didn't get to see much of Iris's, like, we, we got to see her take lead in the you know, flash mainframe room, like in their little hub. But it would have been nice to see her in her normal day job, Mm. you know, as a writer and see her grieve more, I guess. It would be more realistic. I mean, I understand we're doing a lot of grieving uh, (laughs) after all the seasons, man. I mean, it... I think it would have, I mean, she was sleeping on the couch and stuff, so that was a nice little peek into what she was going through, but it would have been nice to see her handle something at her normal job, like, be totally confrontational, because of the how, because of the way that she was handling her grief, she was sort of blocking everything out. I wanted to see a moment like Kara, where Kara quit her job and, you know, was, you know, having that confrontation with James, I would have loved to see something along those lines with Iris, but I know it wouldn't have been her quitting her job. It would have been her maybe becoming the boss and telling someone off like you messed up this article. Now go out and get me something new or something, you know, where she showed more of that emotion versus only focusing on the awesome apartment that they have. I want to live in that apartment. Um, and then, you know, her in the little flash cave. Yeah. 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 No, I I think that's a fair point. The, the bed was my favorite part, like that acknowledgement and that struggle. Um, it showed a vulnerability that I hadn't expected in Iris. But for whatever reason, the flash writers just don't like to acknowledge the fact that she is a journalist and yeah. she is an independent person. So I don't know why it is. It is really bizarre to me. Um, but I and I do feel like they tried as best as possible to make Iris pull a Kara in a similar degree. But the payoff wasn't there because this isn't a person who's stuck in between two identities. She's always Iris West. Mm-hmm. She just the person who really connected her to Team Flash was Barry and Joe and Wally. And there's just this absence so she she wanted to to remind herself that she still belonged there so i think that's why she overcompensated um until the end where she went full damsel mode and is like this is my only card i'm gonna play it this is my superhero no no and i I, it's just it was so cringeworthy and i was just as mad i was mainly mad at will anytime the flash does something wrong i'm mad at will (laughs) (laughs) it's just my default study I'm Sarah's lightning rod for a different reason. This <laughs> <laughs> is my go-to. Because, I mean, not only did we have that love conquers all moment, but then the final tease of the episode was such a Star Trek discovery tease with the thinker and the thinking cap. And it he looked like a Borg. He okay. did. He looked like a Borg. I, yeah. <laughs> he did look like a Borg. I'll, I'll so then, well, and Will, my question is, because I have not seen the most recent episode of Star Trek Discovery, I okay. hopefully will be able to watch it this week. 
But is there any notion that there is a crossover? Uh, <laughs> in the multiverse, anything is possible. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, but I will say, I will say, and it, it's actually nice that we don't have this drawn out reveal that I'm actually glad that we just, just right from the outset, we know who the villain is and we're not going through this like tortured um, process of like trying to figure out who, you know, who, you know, when are we going to get this big, this grand reveal of the, of the big bad for the season? I mean, hell we figured it out like in January <laughs> for season three. So, yeah. Uh, so from that standpoint, I was that was one of the positives. But uh, but to both your points, as far as Iris, um, yeah, you know, it's I mean, I, I w- Patricia, you're right. I wish they would would have focused more on her, the fact that she is a journalist, because you know, it just seemed kind of it just seemed kind of disjointed how she just like the season starts and she's like the boss of Star Labs mm-hmm. and. You know, and it's like, where did this, I mean, yes, Barry told her at the end of season three, you know, just keep running, you know, folk, you know, take charge, essentially, Iris. But, you know, that really hasn't been that dynamic before. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, at least with the rest of the team. Now, the, the whole concept of Iris and Barry, you know, being each other's like beacon, that's, that's been, that's well established in all you know in, in in the series so that 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 plays well but the the other parts you know this it just kind of jumped out i'm like whoa i mean i like seeing that assertive virus but it just you know but it's kind of like whoa where did that come from right um, um and it would be nice to see that in her journalistic pursuits because Honestly, she was more of a journalist when she was writing the blog than she has been when she's been writing for the paper. Good in her, point. In, in her job. Good point. I forgot about that blog. Yes. The streak. The streak. Wasn't it? Yes, it the was. Streak. The streak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe why it was disjointed and the team dynamics um, felt off balance was not only that you had Iris. Um, calling the shots, but you also had a lack of a Mr. Tom Cavanaugh, Harrison Wells, HR mm-hmm. Wells, just Wells. A Wells. Wasn't there. I missed him. Yeah, we had a name drop. That was about it. Yeah. I mean and and you know, Wally and Cisco tried to have that humor dynamic, but no, it's not the same. Cisco works better with Caitlin. Cisco works better with Tom Cavanaugh, and I'm just going to refer to it as Tom Cavanaugh because yeah. he has so many freaking character names. Yeah. And then, and just better with Barry. I it will, and you know, I'm going to just go back way to the beginning. Will, when you talked about the missed opportunity, because something you didn't bring up in that, and I think it's a great point though, is that the character who suffers the most anytime the Flash does this, and this is the second season role that they have, is Wally. Yes. And going into this, I heard a lot about Kid Flash, and I got very much on board with his character in season two. And since then, 
they never want to capitalize on it, that they have this character who, who for all intents and purposes could do his own entire show. Yeah. And yet they're for whatever reason, not incorporating him and utilizing him the way they could or should. This is still Barry Allen's journey. And it's, it's starting to become a little tiresome because they have such a great onslaught of characters to use and because they're so focused on Barry and now even Iris, it just it feels like, well, what's the point of having all of these other toys if you're not going to play with it? Yeah. Well, and it's hard. It's hard with Wally. Uh, you know, I think you and I have talked you know, offline <laughs> from the show about how they introduced the character as far as Ask Kid Flash a little too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, maybe it would have been better to hold off until later in season three or season four, because, you know, we got very, it got very crowded with speedsters to to begin with. And, and it's just the way they're bringing Wally about. It's like, okay, we we see the impulsiveness. We see the the recklessness of a younger character, younger, but I mean, but chronologically and Barry aren't that much, that, that, that far apart in age. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. unlike in the comic book where you did have a true gap, it would have been better almost if they had had Wally as a young, as a, as a teenager instead of someone who, who was, uh, you know, almost finished with college, uh, because it's really not that great, great, great a distance in age. So, and so they, they've put themselves in a box, I think, because you don't want Wally to overshadow Barry. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, so it's hard for them to, it's almost better if they did, you know, at, at some point, send Wally off to Keystone. <laughs> right, right. Send Keystone City, because they let him be the Flash over there. Because that way, Barry could be the guardian of Central City, and Wally could be the guardian of Keystone City. You know, they can interact every now and then, but, yeah, they, they need to figure that out this season. I think it's interesting. Oh, go ahead, Patricia. Is Keystone the place with um Wells's daughter was from? I think it would be I think it would have been cool if Wally went back with her to She's on Earth. Yeah, she's on Earth too now. Yeah. So yeah. I think it would be cool if he ended up with her on Earth too. Yeah. They just need to do and, something with them. Yeah, do little blips of them being together or them coming over to help with some big bag villain or Something like that. That's that's what I think they should do with Wally. <laughs> Exile him to Earth too. Well, hopefully you'll you'll find out more about that possibility in episode three, according to IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, it's that's... coming, Patricia, but I don't know if it's gonna work out as you foretold. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we jump over to the gifted, you guys? Um, no, I, you know, as I said, I think the, as, as I said in the beginning, I think they're just trying to get as fat, far away from season three as possible, and this was definitely a, a, a soft reboot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the real savior of this season will be when Katie Sackoff shows up. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> Amunet, on the rise. 
I, I I say I'm really looking forward to that episode. Like I, I swear, if if I if we record that episode or our reaction to that episode, and I don't say the Flash one that week, something went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really wrong. Because Starbuck, I love it. I'm so glad she's gonna oh, be yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah. I'm so looking okay. forward to that. It'll yeah. It makes up for this completely for me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you like I heard you like do car you know, jump and joy all the way here in North Carolina for Georgia. You in Alaska you're in Alaska, so you did yep. yeah, you yep. like so I you, was you were excited. I think you like as soon as the news broke, I was like I got like a message from you, I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> 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 yeah, um I I think I probably was as loud and as terrifying when that news broke as Blink was in the Gifted episode two. Mm. Holy freaking Blink! Yes, wow. That's... I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she tore it up, and it was beautiful. And I just, I never thought that that would be a dangerous power. And they proved us wrong in a single episode. They totally did. <laughs> oh, man. Why do you think it, she did open that portal up to the same location every single time? Hmm. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that. But I mean, Yeah, I mean, it has to, I, I don't know, I, I, it's definitely, I guess it will be revealed as it, as we get further into series, maybe it's just, you know, they, it, it's key to, I don't know, I, 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 didn't, I haven't thought about that, so what are, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think that the, it's going to be impactful, maybe where... Um, it was a moment when she discovered she first had powers and yeah. that led to a tragic event because they do explain how one of the reasons why in the pilot episode opened with them trying to find Blink is because she's an escapee mm -hmm. because of her eyes and how that's a, the um, a, a physical attribute that she can't cover and she immediately is known as a mutant. So she's had a lot more struggles, which... Again, this episode does something that I feel like the movies do not do, like, to its fullest potential. And they managed to do it in a single episode with the whole mutant rights and yeah. the, the, just the civil, the, the, the ideas that of the inequality that exists and mm -hmm. that interplay was done so well. And they didn't hit you over head with it. It was no. very balanced. It was. And it was. I loved it so much. But you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you brought the civil rights aspect of, of it. Um, not only with uh, a couple places. One with Jace Turner and uh, Mr. Strucker in the interrogation room. And, mm -hmm. this, you know, all the, you know dynamic there because you know here you have Strucker who's a, a prosecutor who knows his rights who knows his and has prosecuted these individuals yep. and then now he sat he's sitting in a place where his own family is you know has been discovered and 
and or the terrorists. Oh, the terrorist list. And he's having to, you know, you know what 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 really has drawn me through the show is it's not afraid, and this is a, like any good storytelling, and it, it's it's taking on serious issues of identity and patriotism mm-hmm. and you know all the things that we see and presented them you know through this through these quote unquote mutants but mm-hmm. it's making you question like you know you know a structure is sitting there he's like questioning you know i you know all these ideals i was like fighting for and stuff and now i'm in the seat of like i've, I've got to do something to protect my own family and and I know what the law is, and I have Cory Booker's evil twin as David Taylor. <laughs> that was great. Shout out to David Taylor, or old David at uh, David uh, Comics Chat. Yeah, that was the best line ever on Twitter. Uh, I had to drop that in there, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, at, dealing with these issues and you know pulling his mother in, and it, it's just. I, it's just a, a very thought-provoking show, and you're right that it tackles these issues a whole hell of a lot better than any of the Marvel movies did, and it really was demonstrated in that bowling alley scene. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that's what kicked it, started this whole episode out, yeah. and it was so poignant because yeah. then they could refer to that without really saying, remember that time at the bowling alley? No, yeah. there was none of that. It no. was just like, this is an example and now you're going to see how characters realize that in that moment they had a choice and they mm-hmm. made their choice and now their world has completely changed yeah. and they're they're seeing it through a whole nother perspective but before we talk about Kate Strucker because she also had a parallel journey to her husband this episode I want to talk about Jace Turner yeah I am fascinated by him he is. He he's a pretty damn good villain, mm-hmm. and partly because they teased it, that there is a lot more going on there, and and you felt it sort of in the pilot episode that there was this just this like he's able the actor is able to emote something that he's trying to make the viewer aware that there's a secret that he's hiding. And I don't know what it is, but a part of me initially thought he was a mutant and that could still be the case. But um, now that I understand his um, emotional investment into right. this fight. Yeah. So good. And and I hope we get like a flashback to that moment, because I wonder if that affected a lot of other things in this world that we're being introduced to. And that's really why I love that scene so much between Jace and um, and what's his real name? How do you know the father's name? And I just know the mom's name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't Yeah, Strucker. I just always call him uh, Bill Strucker. Cause he, yeah, is, yeah. it's Bill. Yeah, I think it's Bill. Yeah. And we're going to go with Strucker. Um, was that was that they they are not only introducing you to a family whose world changes and then to the mutant underground mm-hmm. and to Sentinel services, but they are building a universe due to the history that is implied in that scene that hopefully we'll learn more about and that there, this has been going on for decades. And the only other show that I can think of that does this and hopefully gifted can do it in the same light is game of Thrones. Mm. Yeah. But, um, 
episode two also managed to take my least favorite character in the pilot episode and transfer her into an MVP. <laughs> Kate Strucker. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm a little biased because they paired her up with my favorite character, but you know, it whatever works, yeah. whatever works. But I I liked for such an ensemble cast, the pairings that they did in this episode, I know they can't repeat too soon, but really worked for the messages that they were trying to get across and yeah, all is. the story plotting that they did. Yeah. It it really did and I think, yeah, you know, this this series has laid, you know, in the first two episodes, um, you know, th- this is going to be a breakout hit for this season, this year. I really, I really think so because it's, you know, because of good, good bit of casting, good strong story. Um, you know, one of the things I like about it is even though it's set in X Men universe. Um, and they reference the X-Men, they're not like, they, they're really focusing on the humanity of the characters. Yes, they have powers and stuff, and yes, they're mutants, but you know, it, it's it's really the, the you know, the, 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 the toll of the, the Strucker family being on the run, and that Strucker, you know, being in, you know, going in from the role of prosecuting these individuals, even though he had this deep, dark secret that he may or may not know about. <laughs> um, right. Because um, that's unclear, especially when they pulled in the... I mean, they were, like, pulling the mother. Yeah. I was a bit suspicious there, too. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? What's going on? Oh, they pulled in grandma. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, and, and, but also just how, how they ended with, you know, Turner and Strucker and... That dialogue at the end, spoiler alert, uh, about cutting the deal. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I, that, that kind of threw me. I was like, I, I really thought that he was, uh, he was going to be very, more, more principled than that. And then he's like, I'll, you know, leave my family alone, but oh, you know, to hell with the rest of these mutants, basically. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really, like, I was like, oh. I, 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 guess, I went from like I went from liking him to like I don't know if I like you anymore. <laughs> see, I, I, so I kind of feel like there he's holding back a card or a loophole where yeah. he's kind of worked it out in his mind. He's they gave him a lot of time to think. Yeah. So it, it didn't necessarily catch me off guard, but I'm not entirely. Also, I didn't feel that same sense of betrayal from the character of. Like, oh man, you're just gonna turn in all of these mutants because he he's the father. He's got a it, it's a, he's not viewing. They isolated him, so even though both him and his wife went through some very similar realizations onto how they acted before their kids um, were revealed to be mutants to now, and how their morals have changed, but in very different contexts. Yeah. Because I think. I think Kate, if you if you switch them out, they're still gonna respond the same way. Where, where for Kate, she realizes that this is a bigger fight than just her children, but that's because she's shown that bigger fight. While 
while Strucker is isolated and confined and he's still set like this is only happening to my family. Yeah. They didn't bring in another mutant to prove their point. They didn't bring they they brought in his mom. Yeah. And that 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 connection of like this is still about just my family. So it's going to be interesting that even if that does happen where he throws everyone else under the bus to protect his family, if his family will then reject him, which could be an interesting point of the story to tell. Yeah. Um also, shout out to freaking Polaris. She's got green hair, guys. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> So you you mentioned before about how they explored the humanity, mm-hmm. and they did it much like they explored it with Kara in Supergirl. They they took the humanity and and they managed to convey it in terms of a vulnerability. Yeah. About how these powers have negative consequences that affect the lives and affect them from ever being being normal, being treated fairly, just because of a genetic defect. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's very fascinating. And they did that with Polaris as well, even though she's also isolated from everyone else yeah. and everything else that is going on. And they they much like Strucker switched the tables on her where suddenly she's a mutant, but her she's suddenly human almost because of what they the shock caller. Yeah. Um, however, she's so badass. And yes, I did see what she did there because she's strong and yeah. she has green hair. She has green hair. <laughs> <laughs> and you do not kick a pregnant woman. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> that hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that, that was kind of like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This, this was, yeah, that was a pretty, like, pretty jarring moment, but, uh, yeah, like, yeah, but, um, it, I really, this, you know, whenever we talked about this show during our, during our hiatus break, we, I know we both kind of held judgment, but so far I, 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 I'm liking what I, what I'm seeing. Any theories about why mutant siblings will be important? Um, I think they will be important in the sense that, um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, this larger, this larger story that's going on, I think with the strike, as we just really great, did a great job of capturing what the dynamic going on with the instructors are going to, you know, maybe will, will, will play itself out in the, in the larger context of this, of this universe. Mm-hmm. And, um, where we will, you know, it may end up in a situation where, um, you know, siblings may pick sides with parents. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And Interesting. The, and the dynamic as far as like how that plays out. Well, we are certainly going to stay tuned and watch. Um, hopefully other viewers do because I did hear that there was a 20% viewership drop. From the pilot to the second episode, but if you if you didn't stick with it, I encourage you to because I think the story's only gonna get better down the road. Yeah, it's gotta be better than humans. Come on, people! If this show gets canceled and humans stays on, come on, really? 
if you're still watching the Inhumans, I don't know how much time you have. <laughs> like, <laughs> More time than I. <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't know very many people who are still watching Inhumans. I didn't, yeah. I, it was not even appealing, like the guilty pleasure appeal of it. I kind of <laughs> was like, no, I just, I don't even want to deal with it. It's yeah. not worth it. Nope, my, nope. my curiosity isn't there. I know what happens. Eh, it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about some fallout, Ooh. which brings us to Arrow. All right. Go, Sarah. Gush. <laughs> go, go. It's your, I have my moment to gush. Now it's your turn. Oh, but Patricia. Patricia's back. Patricia, yeah, give us. How about you open up our Arrow discussion? Ooh. No Dude, pressure. I'm... <laughs> I'm very stressed about Thea and Wild Dog, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I think, okay. Why Wild Dog? Yeah, it's the custody finger. Yeah, I was, oh. like, I was super stressed at the beginning when he almost, I was, like, for sure that he was going to die. And I was like, <laughs> there goes another one of Team Arrow. They're <laughs> <laughs> dropping left and right. Exactly. Um. I mean, when the show opened up, one, when Oliver came, like, zooming out of the water, I was like, oh, that was so cool. Um, <laughs> and I thought the fight scenes, they hurt us um, because the fight scenes were better lit in this episode. <laughs> so um, I just thought I would throw that one out there. Um you know, I loved how they introduced who all was survived and, you know, in little stages because it opens up and you're expecting to see, you know, more of the drama and the carnage that happened from the explosions. And I'm glad mm-hmm. they're doing it in the flashback sort of way because they're keeping that theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it sort of keeps you on your toes, and I like that. And mm-hmm. I was really happy to see Felicity walk in the door with Big Belly Burger, and I was like, <gasps> thank God. <laughs> uh, and the other struggle that really stuck out to me was um, Lance and mm. his and Laurel. Um, one, I hate this Laurel. I am on Team Hate Laurel now. Um, I just... Yeah, I thought it was really well done how they pieced it together. I think it's the best comeback episode of the three superhero shows for mm-hmm. DC, well, and Legends of Tomorrow. But we didn't talk about that one, so that one doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think Arrow did the best job of easing everybody in and not solving anything you know right away there's Mm -hmm. still lots of conflict i love the conflict with him and his son Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know i know that wasn't really a conflict but i and i i don't like i don't really like the actor they chose to play his son like i felt it was stupid when he was like the bad man is still here. And Oliver's like, well, where's the bad man? And then he like slowly, ominously like points at him and you're like, okay, get over it, kid. Like, 
Anyway, that's wow. <laughs> Ouch. Parenting <laughs> advice from Patricia Miller. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like Oliver has had that conversation that he had at the end when things were getting better about like, you know, I know how much your mom loved you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm still going to be here whether you like me or not. I'm not going anywhere. I feel like he could have had that conversation at any point in the last five months and the kids still would have understood. And I know it's always a battle being a parent, you know, the ups and downs going forward and backward, you know, because, you know, kids are, you know, they got feelings and they don't know how to express them yet. And I understand that. But the fact that he leaves him all the time with the nanny, like that kid is going to, you know, trouble and I hope we get to see more of that troublesome come back like yeah anyway and then the ending right after his little heart to heart about seeing a game or staying up late or whatever and then seeing him being revealed as the green arrow on TV I thought it was funny because I was more focused on the way Oliver was reacting. Like I expected him to drop the phone and not talk to Felicity again, but he didn't. I don't know. I thought that Mm -hmm. that part was sort of weird, but anyway. Okay. That's a lot yeah. to digest, Patricia. But thank yeah. you for your role. That uh, review. That was <laughs> that was that was wonderful. Let's go back yeah. and start. <laughs> no. Oh, and I, I have oh, to God. talk about Diggle at some point. I have yeah. to talk about Diggle at some yeah. point. I, yeah. Why do you guys think we're not gonna talk about Diggle? I, I spend time on this beautiful rundown and you two both do this. You two both are just like, I'm gonna try to just squeeze as much of my review into it as if Sarah doesn't have a planned discussion at all. It's like a slap in the face. <laughs> no, I work around. I work. You gave me the floor. I work. And I'm emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just uh, want I, to say clear signs that you two missed the production meeting today. <laughs> Not Sarah. Nope. Nope. I clearly. It, I worked it in. I worked it in. <laughs> <laughs> I would just, I mean, listeners, you know what I'm saying. Just revisit Will's pretty much review of The Flash. <laughs> We're going to talk about Diggle, okay? I yeah. promise you. Oh, I, wanna talk, I, I, I do want to talk about Diggle. I was going to be just Yeah, I was going to pull Diggle in. We'll fold him in, Will. Go ahead. Well, okay. Since you had this great point about Diggle, yeah, great <laughs> question about Diggle. <laughs> Uh, first off, uh, I agree with Patricia. This was definitely the, of the, at least the three I watched, definitely the one that stood out to me as far as the best kickoff for the season for the Arrowverse. Um, Diggs is dealing with some major feet, uh, post-traumatic stress. I mean, that's obviously what's going on with him. Um, clearly, you know, something, I don't know if, you know, what happened on the island, you know, clearly that's, <laughs> It, you know, it has impacted him and, you know, and, and he is, he is going to have to, to deal with that. And, um, you know, Black Siren, um, not Black Siren, um, Diana will hope, you know, she sees it, you know, throughout the, throughout the, throughout the episode. And she's like, what's going on with Diggs? I mean, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how his PTSD will, you know, 
whether how the rest of the team uh, helps him deal with that throughout the season, and will it be, um, you know, how will it how how will that be treated? How he'll be treated as a character? And I guess that goes back to my point as far as earlier with the Flash, where it's missed opportunities because you know, in Arrow, what I liked about this this show this particular show was, it was really dealing with the consequences of all that, just what had just happened to everyone. Right. Um, which I thought was very, very, very strong. I think Patricia's point about, uh, uh, Quentin and, uh, and Laurel, uh, Earth 2 Laurel, uh, was on, is totally on point. I mean, it, it's, especially when you juxtapose it with Oliver and dealing with William. Uh, and how Oliver is just trying to come to grips with now having to be a full-time father. Quentin's dealing with, okay, I lost one daughter. Now I've got this doppelganger in my face and, you know, and, you know, get to the bottom of why she actually survived what happened on the island. And, you know, Quentin's very natural, obvious thing of, like, not being able to kill her. I mean, that mm-hmm. was, that was, that was just very good storytelling. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I, that was some of the things that maybe like this particular comeback show versus the other ones. And, and then last, of course, is Thea. Um, that, you know, will she survive? Won't she survive? Again, that's, you know, that's the kind of creative thing. And even Wild Dog with his, Getting, you know, like Patricia said, "Oh crap, he's he's gone in the first you know first ten minutes or so of the show." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, everybody's like dying on this show, but uh, but no, but it works because again, it's just it's just taking those creative risks and making your audience like you know really get in, you know feel for these characters that um, you know given that it is an ensemble show, but. Each member, from you know, from Diggle digging, dealing with this post-traumatic stress to discovering that Thea is like, you know, I, I was like, damn, they actually killed her until they showed that she was in a coma. But still, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, okay, yeah, this this is this was a, this was a very strong comeback, and of course, the ending was just like, wow, I, I can't wait to see how they they deal with uh, Oliver being exposed. Right. It, it felt more like a part two of that finale episode than yeah. it did a um, a separate episode entirely because it wrapped up where we left this previous season off and it continued a lot of threads like um, Wild Dogs, the whole custody battle. Yeah. I, I actually forgot about that, but they're bringing that to full circle because they're they're changing the dynamics in the show and they want a lot of good justification just the position between Oliver dealing with his adapting to fatherhood with the other characters. So they're trying to integrate those family dynamics more into the show that has been a lot about vigilanteism. And um, I think you guys covered a majority of the points. Thea, you know, she, if she dies, she gets put into a Lazarus pit. She comes back, she dies again, she gets put into a coma. She, she always <laughs> is out in the hospital bed. That girl cannot get, stay out of the hospital. It's just natural for her. Something do that I, I have to point out because you two completely did not, and I'm kind of a bit disappointed in you both, is, um, 
The biggest difference between the Flash episode and the Arrow episode is the subtlety of Elicity. Elicity gets a lot of hate. Uh, I, I swear they, we get a lot of hate because people say, like, it's the Friends with Felicity show. This is the Felicity I like and I appreciate because this is not that relationship overshadowing everything else that's happening. It adds another subtext to what is going on in the dynamics. They did not make the relationship status clear to the viewers. And I don't need it to be clear because I see chemistry all day, <laughs> all day. See, this is, we left, we left this for you, Sarah. No, you didn't. You yeah. completely forgot about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. You left it just for you. And and it just and it just when I was watching it, I'm like, this is what the Flash did not do. And yeah. and I get the whole pool dynamic, but we've seen that kind of storytelling with couples before. And Oliver and Felicity have had those relationship moments where it's just a little bit over a top. Yes, I will admit. But this episode reminds me again. And adds to the good Elicity episodes and not the bad Elicity episodes, because there are a few out there. Yeah. The last thing I want to point out, though, is um, I think that was Caden James picking up Black Siren on mm-hmm. Lian Yu. I think we saw him. Yep. And I'm glad that there is still uh, an allure of mystery around him, because in the past, I feel like with the Arrow um, nemesis, they've always been revealed almost too soon and there isn't too much of a build-up and I think a lot can be learned to what they did with Prometheus last year and hopefully Caden James is executed the same way. I also, um, this episode reminds me why I hated Katie Cassidy as Laurel Lance and I love her as Black Siren because she knows how to play evil and she, um, they also were able to not make this feel like a procedural episode because we know Black Siren is sticking around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a, we solved it, show over now until next week. No, no, no. This is like, no, we're, we're just, we're back. We are back and we are, we are moving forward with the story, um, where the flash, it felt a little bit, um, and even Supergirl to a degree felt a little, Open the book and close the book. All right. Until next week. So a lot of good things looking out for. Man, crossover spoilers, guys. We're dodging them. They're (laughs) all over the place. Totally. I can't go on to Twitter and not see one. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah, they they're everywhere. It's that's that's the, the, the blessing and curse of like social media. It's it's like you know basically it's at this point, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to know the story before the crossover. We know someone dies. We know there's like two two weddings, <laughs> even as tacky as it may be. But well, ouch! Oh, yeah, <laughs> Man, I thought Patricia was throwing some shade this episode, but we just took the cake. My God, continue. <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah. who's Caden James? Should Kate I know who um, Yes, you should. He was introduced in episode 519. He is the um, Argus person who got locked up for hacking, computer hacking. 
Um, and Felicity joined the, um, oh my God, shame on me for not knowing. Not a little. What are they called, Will? What are they called? Uh, are they... Uh, oh my not, God. Not the hive. Um, I know who you're talking about, though. The, the, the other organization. I'm, I'm blanking on the name, too. Who's uh, the creepy brown-haired girl with glasses? That yes, like, yes, that's the one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. So you know the episode where where Felicity goes against Team Arrow and she ends up releasing that prisoner? That's Kaden James. And he's going to be played by Michael Emerson this year. And so it's just counting down the episodes until we see his face. Great scene. But... Um, that's going to bring up a lot of issues for Felicity, for sure, which I'm looking forward to. And also, remember, Felicity's father is a hacker as well. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he has ties to Caden James, and maybe that's how he's found himself into um, Star City to begin with because of Noah Cutler. So I'm, I'm hoping that Caden um, has more to do with Felicity than Oliver, but you never know what they decide to do with these shows. You can only theory spiral, you guys. The other thing that I'm really excited to see more of is, um, crap, Slater? Is that his name? Slater. Oh, Slater. Slater. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I, so going back to your point, Sarah, about bringing in the family element, there are so many different family elements going on with Felicity you know, taking her time waiting to get to know Will's son, Oliver's son. Wow. Um, and then there's, you know, Lance and Laurel, and there's Wild Dog and his daughter, and now there's Slade and his son. And we haven't met his son yet, and I'm excited to meet his son. And I want to, I hope that they show some of that that relationship and how that goes. And I know at this point we haven't, like he already says, like when he comes into the hospital room and is talking to Oliver about it, he said, well, it's not everything that it's cracked up to be really. Um, I want to see what he means by that and why. (laughs) So, um, so let's talk more about Will's son. Um, (laughs) um, Sorry. And also, that organization was named Helix. Helix, yeah, I was about to, yeah. Shame on me. God. Well, that's why, that's why I said hi, but it was like sort of ages, couldn't remember, so Helix, yeah. Yeah. That, that line that Slade pulls though, guys, with walking between two worlds. Mm-hmm. Such a great line. It such was. great delivery. I'm so glad he's back, and I feel like maybe that's why initially watching the episode, I'm like, what is missing? I feel like something, is there's an undercurrent besides just Thea and what happened to her, but Slade, he he appears early on on the island and then we don't see him. And then to have him appear um, at the hospital scene um, was really great. And just to have that line about walking through two worlds, because Slade's always been that character who, yes, he's, He's an enemy, but he's also there's that shared history and that shared respect and understanding that Oliver doesn't get from a few from many other characters that he interacts with. So to bring him back in the fold and to have both of them try to um, 
try to build the restore these relationships with their sons. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to how it plays back. And, and I think we have met Slade's son, just not necessarily in this universe. Uh, there's a Legends of Tomorrow episode, one of the few that I've actually seen, where they do go to Star City and Slade's son is um, picking up his father's mantle. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yep. Knowledge. Drop that knowledge, girl. Drop that knowledge. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Which episode of Legends of Tomorrow? I think that? it's called Arrow 2045. Star City 2045. Mm-hmm. It's like in the first season. Yeah, I, re- I do remember I, that episode, yeah. It happened, well, Patricia. I am going to have to go back. I'm not doubting <laughs> you, Ash. Calm down. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I I want to see the repercussions from, you know, when they're showing the the flashbacks to when just before the island blows up, Slade is like, oh, you guys are all on your own. I'm gonna go over here. I I feel like one Oliver like something that stands out to me is that Oliver in the season finale tells Slade like, get everybody to safety. This is your job. Like, just do it. And then everybody sort of scatters. Thea runs after um, the mom and like everybody's getting blown up already. And I'm waiting for Oliver to figure this out at some point and get really mad at Slade and maybe them have another fight. And then, you know, they're back to being relatively friends. But I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna hopefully be a good season. Um, I, I hope that they, they continue some of the writing that they did in this episode and they don't lose sight of the story they want to come tell this year. Um, but Will, unless you have any other thoughts, Patricia's gonna, um, take up, pick up the remote control. Yep, I'm handing the remote to Patricia right now. Okay. So Patricia, I know you didn't tell us what you were gonna talk about. But I'm gonna give you two minutes to talk about Legends of Tomorrow. Spoiler. Yay. Okay. Mick is awesome. I love his character. Um so we <laughs> so they come back to reality. That was adorable, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mick more and more every time I watch the show. So. I get it. You gotta be Christian Mick. We get it. <laughs> love you sweetly, oh, yeah. So they and the the previous season with them being in 2016, but reality is totally messed up. And um, Rip Hunter has created in this future, he has created his own version of the Time Masters that have these special little portals and stuff. And so they take care of fixing everything. So the legends are spread out in the current time zone. And they're doing stupid jobs like Ray Palmer is working at a tech company that has an app that's like Tinder. Instead of swiping left or right, you swipe up or down. And Sarah's working at like a version of Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> Mick is partying in Aruba and that's where he meets Julius Caesar. So Rip Hunter missed one and it's it's humorous and it's just the typical 
Like, I I just like the Legends of Tomorrow because they work really well as a group, and it's not everyone together anymore, and it's sort of pulling them all back together slowly but surely. Um, and they did a really nice job with the conflict between Sarah and Rip Hunter and their two different views on how anomalies are supposed to be taken care of. And it's great. So if you have a chance, Sarah, you should give it a try and watch it. I did not like that tone, Missy. (laughs) I gave you two minutes and then you just are all sassed. I think yeah. In, in your in your thirty seconds that you have left or so, Patricia, let me ask you this: uh, What do you think about the news of Victor Garber leaving the series? I they are doing it in a very gentle and a very nice way. Um, <laughs> so I so, guess, I, so do you think he does? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, she already put him uh, under six feet under. She just dug his grave, Will. She just dug it. <laughs> Oh, she has I, mourned and moved on to Nick. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> I know you were very. In stoked. all honesty, I think he is gonna die. But the way that they've set it up is, it's gonna be heartbreaking later because his daughter. They present his character is that he's staying at home and he's like hanging out with his family, and his daughter is pregnant and married. And she hasn't had the baby yet. And so they set it up with he agrees to go back to the legends because that's, you know, the life that he wants to live. And that's what he's meant to do. And he and Jackson have this conversation about, you know, their purpose in life and how they're going to, you know, you know, Martin. Um, he wants to go back and, you know, be there for his grandchild's birth and be, you know, part of the family. But he also has this family on the ship that he has, you know, feelings and duty to. And Jackson is, you know, a part of that. And so they're going to do it. And if they do kill him off, it's going to be heartbreaking. But I hope they don't because, you know, he's got a grandbaby on the way and Jackson is all emotional about it and hmm. yeah so anyway <laughs> cool. that's my feelings on it all right well I, I i will you will not have to drag me kicking and screaming like sarah to watch uh watch the legend so i'll get caught up so we like i said we'll we'll we'll, we'll we can we can theory spiral next time we do the Arrowverse show with legends oh. And in the upcoming, the season two, they're going back to a vintage circus, which I'm really excited to see how they do that. Can't wait yeah. to beat the Barnum. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, it's not like I completely despise the show. I just don't feel like I trust it very much. But, <laughs> you know, who knows? You guys could convince me. It's fine. It's cool. They're they're characters and they exist and yeah. whatever. Well, it's just too much. Yeah, you have you only have so much bandwidth. I get it. Yeah, you only <laughs> have, especially when Mr. Robot Drink is, is taking over the world, taking over the world. So so that's a wrap this week. Um, that's we went through the all of our heroes and even some of our villains and. We're on board, and it's going to be fascinating. This is day one, I guess you would say. Is it day one? What would you call this? Week one. This is a start? Week one? Yeah, week one. 
but it's Sunday, so it's not really still yeah, week about, one. It's kind of week two. We're starting into week two, yes. So far to go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we've already figured out the first seven episodes. <laughs> of, well, for me, Rivero, it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of a flash. Flash yeah. actually does a better job of that, but yeah. that's besides the point. So. <laughs> Please go and follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd and tell us what you're watching. If you're staying on board with Gifted, highly recommend it. Um, we're going to certainly be um, covering it in the future. There's a lot of shows ahead to get through. Next week, we're going to talk Mr. Robot with hopefully our friend at Hello Friend. Special shout out and thank you to Lindsay Lee at App Heroes 12. Thank you for creating our new artwork. It is going to, we're going to use it this week and for future weeks to come. It's amazing. And that was so kind for you to do for us. We appreciate it. Um, best. We hope to potentially hear you in the future. That would be cool. Never know. You never know. Um, Patricia, why don't you tell listeners where they can find you? You can find me and talk all about Legends of Tomorrow at PRMiller20. That's P-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-2-0. And, Will, where can listeners find you? They can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-T-M-O-N-T. I can't, I can't talk anymore, guys. I really, really can't. <laughs> But most importantly, go and rate, subscribe, and comment on both our iTunes and SoundCloud. You can find us on the CastBox Android app, too. This has been great, lovely, good times, Patricia. (laughs) 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 Good night and geek out. You're welcome.